at center and coming in as Bloom. Millendike centered it. Talk with Pat Steinberg and Wes Gilbertson on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, let's get this hour underway. It is Wednesday, December 20th with Wes Gilbertson of Post Media. My name is Pat Steinberg. Welcome to the Sports Drive brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. This Christmas, give the gift of security with smart locks and safes. Visit CalgaryLockandSafe.com. And uh, we are kicking off this hour with a special guest who is only going to be on this side of the pond for a few more days as we're talking live right now. It's uh, Steinberg and Wes on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. We go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Say hello to Calgary Flames Assistant General Manager Brad Pascal, who is with us right now. Hello, Mr. Pascal. How are you? Good, Pat. Hello, Wes. Always good to chat with you. Thanks for having me on. I, uh, I, hear, you've been at, uh, I hear you've been at home today. <laughs> Yes, uh, getting caught up on a few things, and uh, yeah, with the with the NHL team on its way to, to Anaheim, today's a good day to just get some things organized at home. And uh, yeah, gonna watch the watch the Wranglers game online tonight. I was with them on the weekend in California, and then I'm back here uh, this week. So we uh, we want to talk to you about the Wranglers. We want to talk to you uh, about the Spangler Cup, where you are the co GM for Team Canada. But before we uh, before we do anything. We got to get to the, uh, the the big family announcement from earlier this week. Uh, as uh, your your amazing wife Cassie has uh, decided to step away from the dark side, she's leaving us in the media, and uh, she's going to go be an advisor with the PWHL. It had to be a uh, had to be a pretty cool week in the uh, Pascal Campbell family, hey? Yeah, no, absolutely, and I, I guess that's not completely a full, true statement because she she is going to continue doing work for ESPN in the U.S. Okay, in the U.S. broadcast, she's uh, she was she did a game actually last night in San Jose and then tomorrow in San Jose, so that's going to be ongoing. I think I think you know, hey, she'd been involved with with Hockey Night Canada and Sportsnet for for twenty years, and you know, based in Calgary and 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 really flying all over, but particularly flying out to Toronto, Montreal every week for 20 years. So, you know, I think part of it is just like, hey, we, obviously women's hockey is a passion of hers. And, um, and you know, this is a exciting chapter for her for the new professional women's league. Uh, but, you know, by all means, she's get, still going to be continuing to do some TV things, just stepping away from, uh, from Hockey Night and Sports Time. It's awesome. We're really, uh, we're, we're, we're sad to lose her, but at the same time, we're really, uh, really awesome to see that she's going to step in. And, and as you talked about, uh, so passionate about, uh, the women's game. So that is, that is really, really cool. Um, so when, when do you leave for Switzerland? What's the, uh, what's the flight itinerary here? Yeah, geez. Uh, leaving this weekend, uh, the tournament starts on boxing day and, uh, runs through the 31st. So it's, um, you know, be action-packed number of games there. The Spangler Cup this is my third time. Working with Hot Canada, I was uh, had the opportunity to go over two other times. One of them is the manager, and and uh, it was during the lock the last lockout year. So we had you know Patrice Bergeron and John Tavares amongst others on our team, and we ended up winning it. So that was fantastic. But 
So we're not going to have those types of players in this tournament, but uh, yeah, we're definitely looking forward to it. And, you know, all the players that we put together, we haven't named the roster officially. I think Hawk Canada is going to look to do that later this week, but um, you know, we're excited about the group. So it'll be, uh, it'll be fun. It's always a, a beautiful setting in Davos in the middle of the mountains uh, at Christmas time. So it'll be something that we're really looking forward to. Okay. So take us, uh, take us behind the scenes. If you can, like how, how does one, you, your co-GM is Joe Thornton and uh, also assistant GM, former Flame, Nat Kelly, all involved in picking this team. So how, how do you go about putting together your Spangler Cup roster? Where are you drawing players from? I'm, I'm just, uh, tell us about the process because this is, uh, it's such a cool tournament and the team is different every single year. Uh, I, I'm just curious as, uh, as the process and, and what goes into picking the team. Yeah, first off, obviously, Joe, you know, just recently retired. He's, um, uh, he's, he's been just a pleasure to work with on, on this event. I've known Joe for a long time, obviously, just working with Hockey Canada. Um, and he's, you know, he's dove in this all in. So it, it's great. He's been watching video and, and talking to players and, and, and really ramping things up here. So it's been really exciting working with him and Nat as well. Nat's a general manager of Lugano in, in the Swiss league. So he's got a really good handle on, on the, uh, on the players uh, in the Swiss league. So, Hey, for the most part, it's, it is players playing in Switzerland and that's players that are, um, you know, that league shuts down completely for the, uh, for the event. So it's, um, you know, that, that's where the most readily available players are. Uh, you know, other, other teams that are in the, in the German league or the Swedish league or whatever, they, they have games going on during that period. So it makes it a little bit tougher that those teams to release them. So, and then we look to supplement, you know, by position, we, we're going to bring again, probably three or four players that are playing in the American league. And, um, you know, we are bringing a couple players from different, from different leagues, but, you know, for uh, for a variety of reasons, they they got released to us. So yeah, we're excited about it, and that's uh, you know that's kind of the makeup. You know, we haven't announced the roster, but I you'll see a couple familiar faces, some former Flames in the way of Corbin Knight and uh, and Derek Grant, a couple of players that have, have been in the forms of their organization in the past, and they're going to be joining us. They're both playing hockey in uh, in Switzerland and having nice. having years, and uh, yeah, we're looking forward to. To kind of reuniting with those guys and and uh, and hoping for a for a gold medal result for Canada. Brad, you mentioned third time for you at, at the Spangler. This this is an event that I think lots of people have flipped on the TV and sort of taken in the atmosphere. I know for a lot of hockey fans, it's a sort of bucket lister. Like, oh, geez, I I gotta go check that out someday. How how would you describe what the Spangler Cup is like? Yeah, you know, honestly, that's what it is. It, it's it's a bucket list uh, event to go to for a fan, and it, it's it's just it's hard to really explain. You know, like for those of you that have been to Whistler or even Banff in like a mountain village, it's 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 different than that. Um, you know, it, but it's different yet the same. And I guess my point being is there's so much history in in Davos with you know old buildings and you know, cafes and restaurants and the ski hills are, you know, right on top of you. And then this beautiful old rink right in the middle 
uh, of everything. And it's, it's really, the, you know, there's a massive church and then this big rink and that, that kind of drives everything around the, uh, the community. So it's, uh, yeah, it's just a, it's a real special thing and lots of activities going, going on, uh, you know, lots of cold beer and big, uh, and, and big beer tents all over the place. So it, yeah, the fans are, they're hopping and the games are loud and, and pretty much everybody's standing up the whole time for every game. So it's, it's, and every game's completely sold out. So yeah, it's a, it's a bucket list for us. That's really what it is. There, uh, there's not many more sort of colorful personalities in the sport of hockey than, than Joe Thornton. If you were, uh, if you're writing a reference letter for your co-GM, how, uh, how would you describe him in the, the managerial capacity? Yeah, as I mentioned, he, he with this being his first time, he's uh, we've had lots of good chats and and you know him asking a lot of questions. But you know, here's a guy that's played you know for a number of teams and and obviously um, you know is one of the all-time greats in in the game. So you know he, he he's got a good grasp on things and and know knows what you know in his opinion what it takes to win or put together a winning group and. And, uh, yeah, he, he likes to have fun. Joe is the same person that you see on TV getting interviewed and watching him play big smile and, and, uh, you know, having the opportunity to talk to him twice a day for the last month is, uh, it's been great. And, and like I say, he's been all in too. He's not, he's not just sitting there as a figurehead. And he said that from, from day one, if he's going to do this, he wants to a win, but he wants to be involved and, and learn and, and get going. So, you know, I think, you know, he's trying to figure out what he wants to do next step, but, you know, based on my experience with him, you know, he, he would be a, he'd be a great manager and, and involved in the game if, if he chooses to do so. And, and what about for you, Brad? Like you, you have a, a sock drawer full of medals from your time with Hockey Canada. You know, you, you've had a huge impact with the Flames, now VP of Hockey Operations. We all know how successful the Wranglers under your watch have, have been over the past couple of seasons. I, I'm curious, what sort of challenge do you view this as it, to go into a, a short-term event and, and try to win a, or try to win another gold medal for team Canada? Yeah, no, I, I, it's really, yeah, what, I mean, it is a challenge. It, it, like this, you're not picking the men's Olympic team where you have access to the top player. So it's a challenge because you're a little bit limited on your, on your player pool, but at the same time, you're trying to find some diamonds in the rough, if you will. And, and that's going to push you over into the win column. So it, it is, I guess, a representing your country, anytime you can do that, or if I get asked, and in this case, getting asked, it's an honor and I, and I love doing it. And I did it for so many years at hockey Canada and I, and I absolutely loved it. So, you know, I think that's first and foremost, and it is, it's a challenge and it's just, you know, for me, it's just another way of, of you know, I, I mentioned before spreading your wings, but uh, of just getting different involvement in different things and and uh, working with different people. I have, you know, our head coach is Bruce Boudreaux. I've known Bruce, but never had the chance to work with him. And, you know, you have those opportunities, right, to get to know other people and, and work with them in these short-term events. And I, I think it's a benefit not only for me, but, you know, for the Flames organization, too, to go over there and, and watching five other teams, uh, you know, play, and maybe there's some free agents there. You know, we already have a list of guys that I'm going to be focusing in on. Not saying we're going to sign them, but, you know, guys of interest. And, you know, I, I think you use it as an opportunity to, to do a number of things, but you know, those are just a few of them. 
you you mentioned you you don't have the Bergerons and the Tavares. You're not going to have access to you know the the top guys. But I I think one of the neat things about the Spengler Cup is you've got guys wearing their national team jersey that might have never had that opportunity before. I'm I'm just curious. Can you sort of can you describe what it means to these guys at this point in their career now now playing mostly in Europe to to get a chance to represent Team Canada? Yeah, they well they love it. You know, the, these guys in in nothing against their teammates, but you know, they they get to gather with their family and and be all around Canadians and 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 players that they've, you know, previously played with or against and you know, I think it's it's a little bit of reuniting, but you know, you're right. They they get to wear the the Canadian jersey some for the first time and and they're just thrilled for it and some for maybe the fifth time. But you know, I think I think just gathering as a group of of Canadians and having families and friends and, and being in such a terrific setting. It's just, it's just such a unique experience. And I, I think that's why, you know, players jump at the chance when asked to, to play in this. And, uh, and, you know, it's, I don't think I've ever had anybody that we've asked said no, um, unless they've been injured. So it's, um, you know, guys really, really enjoy playing in it. We're uh, chatting with Brad Pascal, uh, Flames VP of Hockey Ops and Assistant General Manager. <laughs> General Manager of the Calgary Wranglers and co-GM of Team Canada at the Spangler Cup. I just wanted, because you were talking about picking the team and how you're mostly going to draw from the National League in Switzerland. So how does it work schedule-wise? Because there's an, an SHL team in the tournament, a Liga team in Finland in the tournament. So do, the, so do those leagues build their schedules for those teams around the Spangler? Like, that, that is fascinating to me. Yeah. Oh no, for sure they do. Yeah. They, I mean, they, you know, the, the other teams uh, absolutely. Cause as I mentioned before, like, you know, the, those, those leagues continue playing during, you know, the post Christmas week. So, you know, they'll, they'll work their schedules around so they can be in DeVos for the tournament. And, and, and as I mentioned, the Swiss league shuts down. So the host team DeVos and then one other Swiss teams in the tournament and, and uh, yeah, it's all, it's all for this. And it's uh you know, I think they look at it as one of the premier events in Europe during that time, and and uh, you know, so that yeah, they definitely build their build their schedules around it. That's so cool. Um, and and yeah. you uh, you had Derek Grant in Stockton, right? When you were GM of the Heat, you you're pretty familiar with him. Yeah, Derek. Yeah, Derek was. You know, he was one of those guys that was up and down for the couple of years that we had him, and he was uh, you know was part of the Flames group and then part of the Stockton group as well. Um, what, uh, so what, yeah. what's your, uh, what's your familiarity level like with him? Oh, really? Well, yeah. I mean, it was great reconnect. I haven't talked to him for a while, I talked to them on the phone leading up to, you know, over the last couple of weeks and yeah, they're looking forward to seeing them in person and, you know, they're really looking forward to representing their country. Okay. Let's, uh, let's shift gears to the Wranglers. Uh, how, how would you evaluate the AHL group this year? You're sitting number one in the Pacific Division. You got a game Wednesday night against Bakersfield, then two in Colorado to wrap up the pre-Christmas schedule. The roster, it, it feels like from the outside, Brad, the, the roster feels like it's been more in flux this year than a lot of other recent years. So just knowing all the circumstances, injuries, recalls, everything that your group has had with the Wranglers to start the year, how, uh, how proud of the group are you? That, that's just it. I, that was the first thing that came to my mind. Really proud of the group, and and 
you know, the reason why you have a team and why you have an American League team is to get guys ready for the NHL. And at, at one point last week, I looked and we had seven players on the NHL active roster that had spent some time in, in with the Wranglers this year, you know? So that's, I mean, that's the reason, that's why we do it. That's why you have a team. That's why the American League exists. And, and in saying that, and if you look at the Wranglers roster, hey, we have some depth and some young guys are getting probably more opportunity with guys being up. And, you know, I think that's a good part of it. But, you know, there's some learning curves there. And as I mentioned, we were in San Jose this past week and we lost both games and we've lost three in a row now. And that's the first time I think, geez, we've done that um, in a long while. So it's, uh, you know, I think but everybody realizes, you know, we're, we're, we're taking our lumps here. Um, but at the same time, we're, you know, we're celebrating the successes of guys that have moved on to the flames and gotten opportunities. And, you know, you look between now and the end of the year, we're sure hoping that, you know, we're going to even provide more opportunities for some of the regular players because there's a number of them that are playing really, really well and, and deserve to get a look at some point. So, you know, that's, we're all hopeful. Most inform, you know, first and foremost, they're most, you know, they're looking forward to it and hopefully get that opportunity, but they got to keep playing well and keep doing their thing. How, uh, how have you liked Trent Cull in his first year behind the bench? How, what, what have your observations been of your first year? He's not a first-year head coach, but his first year yeah. as head coach of the Wranglers. Yeah, I mean, a little bit different than Mitch. Obviously, Mitch was, you know, his years one and two as a pro coach. And, you know, where Trent has, has experience, previous experiences um, as a head coach, but previous experience in the uh, both in the NHL and the AHL. So, um, really happy with the job Trent's done. Him and his family relocated to Calgary. And that's a big step for them. And, and uh, you know, tremendous communicator. Uh, you know, runs good practices, really good meetings. Um, you know, the players, you know, seem to really enjoy uh, playing for him. Uh, is the feedback I've gotten from the players. And and you know, he's a development focused guy, and you know, wants guys to be better. I mean, we all like to win, but you know, he he knows he knows what the role is down there, and he's had previous experience doing it. And um, yeah, really happy with him and. And Joe Sorrell and Don Nachbar continue to do a great job, and and as well as Mackenzie Skafsky, our goalie coach. Brad, we could probably keep you for a while asking about a bunch of different Wranglers, but just there's one guy yeah. I want to spotlight because he's really jumped out lately, and I I know he didn't have a have his offensive impact this past weekend in San Jose, but ever since Rory Karen's got into the lineup, he's been on a bit of a tear for this team as a, a second year pro. What, what have you seen out of Rory? You know, you send a couple guys up to the flames. Suddenly he gets his shot. What, what have you seen out of him in that scenario? Well, first off, Wes, that's exactly it. He, with the numbers that we had and, and, you know, quite frankly, didn't really get a good opportunity at camp. You know, he played fine, but, um, you know, he, you know, he was behind the, behind the eight ball. He, he was a guy that sat out the first six games, healthy scratch, um, had a couple injuries, a couple guys went up and, and bang, you know, so our team's played 24 games. He's played 18. He has nine goals. And, um, you know, really, I think he's tied for our leading goals for the, for the Wranglers this year. So what have I seen from him? I mean, that's his calling card. When we, when we drafted him, we knew he was an offensive player, um, you know, they all need to have to get stronger and faster and, and what have you. And he was no different. And, you know, he led the OHL in scoring. And, and so we knew he had the ability. It's just, you know, a getting the opportunity and then B taking advantage of the opportunity. And, 
and and Rory sure has taken advantage of the opportunity. And you know we, uh, you know he he's got a great shot, great vision, and you know he's the player that that we drafted. We knew he has skills, so um, you know now he has to sustain it. You know he still continues to get this opportunity. He's got to sustain it, and and then you know the next role for him would be get in the conversation of when we're calling guys up and we need a little scoring boost and if he continues to go, then Hey, that's, that's, that's the end goal. I got to ask you about the guy that all of Calgary's talking about because Rory Karen's opportunity comes in part because Connor's there. He gets called up for the first time in, in his career. I know, I know you have like a proud Papa moment with these call-ups because you've seen all the work that goes in behind the scenes, but what's it been like for you to see the impact Connor specifically has had in his time so far at the highest level? Well, it's just, it's been great. And, uh, you know, we talk about it as a, as a group with the Wrangler coaches and players, you know, it's just what you said, how proud we are of him. And, you know, I think we'd all be lying if we, if we thought that he would come in and do put up the production and, and put up the points that he has. Um, you know, we all know that that that, um, that Connor is a great player and a you know tremendous offensive talent. And um, but to him have that level of success uh, so quickly was was something that we were just thrilled with. And and uh, you know, and it looks like he's not slowing down. So that's he continues to get a good opportunity, and you know he has the ability to do it. So like I said with others, now he just has to continue to sustain it. Uh, you know the NHL is an everyday league, and it's and it's result league comparatively to the to the HL, where we're about development and and give guys opportunities and second looks after they make mistakes. But you know I think that's one thing that he's realized is is that every play matters mentality in the NHL um, under pressure, and, and he's handled it extremely well, and and uh, it, it's just awesome to see. I know you've got some short-term goals, but any chance Jumbo Joe wants to make a Calder Cup run with the Wranglers this spring? Uh, who is that? <laughs> Joe Thornton? Who, you know, Joe Thornton? No, I, I I told him, I said, for the Spangler <laughs> Cup, he's got to bring his equipment just in case we uh, we get to the finals. But, oh, no, don't worry. I've I've uh, I've talked to him about all kinds of things. So, yeah, he's in uh, <laughs> retirement right now. He's out. out. Uh, running his kids around, uh, he lives in San Jose um, still, and you know he doesn't have an official role with the Sharks, but you know he's in and around the Sharks and their AHL team and and his own kids. So I think he's really enjoying retirement. But I told him never, never, uh, never cross it off the list. You never know. So are you? Uh, so what do you need to get done between now and uh, the flight? Like what what still needs to get checked off before you can take off? Well, probably a little Christmas shopping, guys. You know, that's yeah. you know, I got to hit the mall, so that's. Uh, I'll see you there. Be, yeah, we'll, we'll yeah, all be that's there. That's gonna be a ton of fun. <laughs> a ton of fun. So, um, yeah. So do that. Wrap a few presents, and yeah, no, I'd say you know our, our business never stops, and even with the Wranglers and Flames on the road, it's you know you're on you're on calls and. And making calls all the time, even if there's a roster freeze in the NHL, it's it's, uh, it's we're we're always going, and there's always things in the hopper, and and uh, and you know, so that's not going to slow down. 
Uh, well, we will uh, say this. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. In uh, Enjoy the Christmas season in Switzerland. Uh, go knock them dead with Team Canada. We're looking forward to watching from back here. Uh, enjoy, uh, enjoy the shopping and fly safe. Hey, thanks so, much for, thanks so much for doing this, Brad. That was a lot of fun as always. Yeah, thanks, guys. Merry Christmas to you guys, and, and look forward to, to seeing and chatting soon. Yeah, we'll see you in a few weeks when you're back. Thanks, BP. Okay, guys, thanks. That's Brad Pascal, Assistant GM and VP Hockey Ops for the Flames. He's the General Manager of the Wranglers and the Co-GM for Team Canada at the Spangler Cup. He joined us on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar Guest Hotline. Come on in and enjoy hockey and football game day specials at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Pickup and delivery also available at Atlas Pizza, 403-248-3344. I, I, I think Flames Talk should send us to the Spangler one year. Just I, You know, I called it a bucket list for a lot of fans. Like, I think I'd be on that list. Oh, absolutely. It, it looks so cool, doesn't it? The whole setting, it just looks awesome. It, like, if there, if there happen to be golf courses, you know, that I could take a train to on the off days or something, count me in. Just, um, well, it is wintertime, and they do celebrate winter. Well, no, train. I could take a train to summer. Maybe. Hey, a little, go Google it. A little bit. I'm sure you could. I'm sure you could. Just get ready to... Just get ready to pay about the same as you were paying in Hawaii, maybe a little bit more. It ain't cheap in Switzerland. No, that, that, that much I know. They see you coming there. Well, and just uh, yeah, get ready to pay like double everything. It's like London prices, if not worse, in Switzerland. Now we know why Bob Hartley was always angling for free for free ice cream cake. Yeah, exactly, saving up. Uh, hey, Porsche Center Calgary has new inventory in stock. There's a great mix of all models, including Taycan, Cayenne, Macan, and even some sports cars. Porsche Center Calgary has unprecedented offers, like no luxury tax on 2023 Taycan models and 3.99% lease rates on 2023 and 2024 models. Plus, Macan S and GTS 2023 and 2024 models are available with 6.99% lease rates for up to 42 months. Offers end December 31st. Visit PorscheCenterCalgary.com. Talking your team right now. Flames Talk is on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Time to go inside hockey on this Wednesday edition of the program. Brought to you by Calgary Co-op. This hockey season, support local. Find your all-time classics and locally brewed beers. Visit your local Calgary Co-op wine at Spirits Beer today. My name is Pat Steinberg. It's a Wednesday, which means we go inside hockey with our buddy Jonathan Davis, our Pacific Division insider from NHL Network and NHL Network Radio. Hello, JD. Hey, Pat. How are we on this fine Wednesday? We are doing well. We are doing very well. It's good to have you. Uh, it's good to have you along with us. And uh, we got lots to get into when it comes to this Pacific Division. Uh, Flames are about to travel into your neck of the woods. They play the Ducks on Thursday and the Kings on Saturday. Let's start with the uh, L.A. Kings, who just happened to host the Seattle Kraken on this Wednesday night. Uh, what are we? Uh, what are we looking at with this Kings team as they get ready for Seattle? I, you know, Pat. I guess you know. Here we are, and we're you know, we're about forty percent of the way through the season. Yeah, and they're just they're good. I mean, I, you know what, number three points percentage in the NHL. And so at this point in time, you know, you're just looking at them and you're trying to find flaws and really can't find too many warts, you know, on this team. I mean, they are, 
you know, they're amongst the leaders goals for they're amongst the you know their top penalty kill their their power play has struggled but they're so good five on five that it really doesn't matter and cam talbot continues to play well i kind of feel like a broken record you know uh, you know the top line uh with kopitar and byfield and kempe right now is as good as any in the league and you know up and down the lineup uh you know things are just flourishing with this team uh so it's it's just been an impressive run, and Cam Talbot, who gets the start tonight, um, you know, has been really good. And you know, hey, we got to see Big Save Dave last night, who you know had that rocking chair game for two periods at least. Uh, well, pretty much about fifty-five or fifty-eight minutes, he had a rocking chair night. I mean, he only had nine shots through forty, and looked like he was on his way to a a shutout in his debut for LA, and then. You know, late power play goal spoiled it, but I don't know. Like you can't, you just can't really find a flaw right now with this team. I like that rocking chair game. Um, you uh, and you've got some numbers, whether it be Talbot, uh, Trevor Moore's season continues to be very strong. Uh, there's just individual numbers are trending nicely for the Kings as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, the fact that Trevor Moore's got 15 goals for this team and that lead that leads the team, I mean, you know, uh, did not expect that. And I've been, you know, been talking to some people a little closer to the team, if that's even possible, but talking to some people who were with them on, you know, day in and day out. And, you know, just talked about Trevor Moore being healthy this year, not healthy last year, and looking more like the guy from two years ago. I, I think it's a little more than, a little more, no pun intended, than that. But, yeah. um, you know, the line with him and Deno and, and Kevin Fiala uh, ha- has been really good for this team. And, and Fiala is an interesting guy, Pat. I mean, um, he, he, can, he, he makes some really nice plays, and then he just does things that has, you know, made, you know caused Todd McClellan to get even grayer at times. Um, and it's interesting because, you know, a guy like Fiala, to me, can't seem to play on a number one line. And, you know, he's been in, whether it was Minnesota with Kaprizov, it didn't work out. Here in L.A. with Kopitar, can't play on the number. You know, it just it, it didn't work. I think ideally it would have been great if he was playing with, uh, with Dubois, but that hasn't worked. Um, yet he leads the team in points. So mm. it's, it, it, he's, he's just a guy that does a lot of things well, uh, but I just think it's, uh, I don't know. He, he, at times, he's just an enigma. In the case of Talbot, yeah, I mean, tied for third in, in save percentage, second in goals against average, sixth in wins. You know, probably, uh, arguably, the biggest uh, steal in the off season of any free agent yeah. signing. Yep, he's been really good. Um, okay, then there's the uh, the uh, one of the other top teams in the Pacific. That would be the Vegas Golden Knights and. How about the run that Jack Eichel's on right now? He is as hot as anyone in the NHL. Yeah, I mean, an 11-game point streak, and, you know, you don't take a lot of solace in, in it, you know, obviously in a 5-1 loss last night. But, you know, like I've said it to you before, Jack Eichel does whatever he can to try to carry this team on his back. And, you know, look, in Vegas's brief history, this is the longest point streak in team history. Um, and it shouldn't be any surprise that it would come from, Jack Eichel. Uh, but look, last night for me, like I think I, I, I feel you get five stinkers a year. 
a season. Right. And, and that was one of Vegas's last night. No question about it. I mean, they, they were, you know, not really good from beginning to end. Um, and they usually, you know, play better against the better teams in the league. It, last night, you know, was not one of them. I mean, they've beaten Winnipeg twice. They've, you know, knocked off Dallas three times. They steamrolled Colorado seven, nothing. I know they, they've had two adventures uh, from their perspective with, with, with your team. Um, but last night was just not very good. And uh, yet here they still find themselves with the fourth best winning percentage in the NHL, first in points right now, but fourth best winning percentage. And I don't think we've seen their best hockey. And, you know, as I pointed out to you in the notes, Pat, I mean, they've had their lineup, complete lineup for one game the entire year. And ironically, they lost that one 3 nothing to Pittsburgh. Hmm. That is the craziest part is that here they are winning games like they are and they have not been healthy at all this season which just is scary as they do start to get healthier as the season goes along um and you know there's going to be a trade like you know they're going to make a oh, deal absolutely right absolutely they are I, I guess, yeah it's inevitable is connor brown going to be a healthy scratch for the oilers well, as your uh, insider, other insider, Frank Saravelli, tweeted out earlier today, that appears to be things, by the way, things were looking at practice today. I mean, it, it, the, the magic that they at Edmonton had hoped for in reuniting Connor and Connor just hasn't worked. Uh, it's been a real struggle for Connor Brown. It's been, you know, a real struggle for the Oilers. Pat, you know, I was like looking back, um, you know, at, at the standings uh, from a week ago today when we last spoke. And when we last spoke, the Edmonton Oilers were one point out of a playoff spot. And, oh, my God, how, how things changed seven days later that, you know, seven in the standings. But as I always like to point out, they're really eight because, you know, you, you, right now the Coyotes own that tiebreaker. Um, you know, here we are, you know, all that, all that good that the Oilers had done in that eight-game win streak has evaporated with this three-game losing streak. Yeah. Um... And what are the, what's what's uh, upcoming on their schedule here? Yeah, they stay they stay in the New York New Jersey area. So it's the Devils uh, tomorrow, and then the Rangers after that. And you know they they had the, you know they they knocked off the Devils. That was during that eight game win streak, four to one. They they lost to the Rangers at home three nothing. So I mean it, it's not going to get any easier for Edmonton and. You know, then you look at, at the te- you know the two teams you know at least that are sitting in a wild card spot that they're chasing. You know, Nashville has been quite a buzzsaw of late. You know, winning seven of ten, and you know they've got the Flyers. That's going to be a tough one tomorrow night, and then they got Dallas, so they could an opportunity to gain ground on on Nashville. But then and then Arizona's got San Jose, and then those Colorado Avalanche. And you know, after reading the comment from Devon Taves. Yesterday, Oof. did you watch? Did you see any of that game yesterday? By the way, I I did not. I did see the Devon Taves comments though. Well, I wonder if they were directed at Ryan Johansson, who uh, I don't know what he was thinking. You know, down a goal last night, under a minute to play. There's a scrum behind the net, and after you know the dust had kind of settled, Johansson throws a punch. I think at Colin Blackwell or I can't remember who it was, and I'm like and. And then now you got a now you're now you're down you're now you're shorthanded and the faceoff goes all the way down to your end. Mm-hmm. Like if if I'm Jared Bednar, that guy's sitting next game. I mean, 
that that's a rookie move, not a veteran move. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those uh, those were very strong comments from Devon Taves. So, yeah, and, and that was the every, every everybody online has been speculating. He's talking about Ryan Johansson. I wonder. Uh, we're chatting with uh, Jonathan Davis, our Pacific Division insider. He joins us Wednesdays from NHL Network. Um, let's move to Vancouver. They're the the third really good team in the Pacific, and they uh, look. We know how good Elias Pettersson's been, and we know how good yeah. their top players have been. But what about this uh, new line that has been formed and have really performed under Rick Tockett as head coach? Yeah, the the Bluebird Joshua uh, Connor Garland line has really come to fruition. I think it's like eighteen points over like the last uh, like ten games or so, Pat. And you know, it, it's kind of interesting because you know I, I heard Megan Mickelson on with with Jeff Merrick earlier today um, on the Jeff Merrick show, produced, written, directed, and whatever by Jeff Merrick. Um, and hmm. you know, she, <laughs> Merrick was pointing out the fact that. You know, if I had said to you, like, uh, before the season started, that on December 20th, you know, Sharon Govich and Blake Coleman would be, you know, you're, you know up to the top of the leaderboard for the Calgary Flames, what would you say? And, and like, I would have said, well, you know, I, they're not making the playoffs. And so where I'm going with this is that, hey, this is great. You know, they're, the, the season that we've talked about, their best players on Vancouver have been their best players. But when you can get this production as well from guys in your bottom six, well, then that obviously makes you, you know, even more deadly. So JT Miller and, um, you know, and Brock Besser, not on the score sheet yesterday, but here's where that depth right now of Vancouver is shining with guys like Bluger, Joshua and Garland. And let's not remember, it was back in training camp when, you know, Dakota Joshua was on the fifth line at training camp, maybe even the sixth line as Rick Tockett was sending a message to him, not really happy with the way things were going. Um, so r- nice to see how a guy like Joshua reacted and has taken advantage of this opportunity again. And there are the Canucks. They uh, continue to lead the NHL in both regulation wins and goal differential, which are both very, very telling numbers as well. Um, what's, uh, what's, what's happening in Seattle? They, they just cannot win games that go past 60 minutes, hey? Yeah, I mean, they kind of remind me of you guys, like when you, you know, with all your one goal losses. I mean, nine losses in games past 60 this year. And, you know, that, that's one of the things. This is where, you know, that, that depth scoring just, you know, has kind of shriveled up in Seattle this year. A lot of different issues. But, you know, I, I think for Seattle, uh, you know, they look, they get Thomas Tatar from Colorado, and which I find kind of interesting because it kind of tells me that Colorado. They've got something, you know, big in store because they could use some depth scoring as well. So if they're moving to Tar, uh, I wonder what's next for them. But yeah, it, it's been really rough, uh, you know. And and I and kind of I, I'm, you know, look, season's done. I mean, it, there's, you know, they, they've Ron Francis has got to just kind of figure out, you know, okay, we had a great run last year. Uh, what can we do? What, you know, who, who are we going to try to keep moving forward? Who are we going to move? Uh, because it goes it goes beyond some of the injuries that they've had. And, you know, I, I think part of it is, you know, you, one of the things that has come up is we've talked about the fact that teams are now making life tougher on the transition game for the Seattle Kraken. When you hear that, well, okay, are there adjustments that Dave Haxtell 
needs to make. And, and, and I'm not here to say that I know the right answer for it, but I, I almost wonder, you know, we're seeing all these coaching changes and, you know, maybe Dave Axtell was the guy to help get this team to a certain point, but then conversely, do they need someone else to take them over the hump? Because I, I mean, I, I think, I don't think, I think many of us were surprised when it was Dave Axtell that got that job in the first place. Mm-hmm. Curious. Is that, I mean, is that fair? Yeah, I, I think so. And, you know, I, I think he did a really good job with them last year, and and they were an elite shot suppression team last year, but they have taken some big steps back this year. So I think you give Dave some time to figure it out, but I don't think that's an unfair question to ask if, if those adjustments don't start getting made, right? Yeah. I mean, if, if you're hearing from a number of different players that – you know, hey, we're press, You know, our job. We're focusing on pressuring the D, making it so that guys like Schultz and Dunn can't make those. You know, move out of their zone as quickly as they were last year. Well, then at some point, you know, coach has got to make adjustments. And you know, look, they they lost they lost guys. Whether it was Donato, Sprong, you know, from the bottom end of this roster, had injuries to deal with this year. I totally get it, um, but. Yeah, unfortunately, it is a lost season, I believe, uh, in Seattle right now. And they really are just, you know, they're playing for next season and beyond. Um, Anaheim Ducks are the next opponent for the Flames. Uh, Calgary's in there on Thursday. Ducks in the middle of a long homestand here, hey? Yeah, so it's eight games. I mean, two before the break and then the and then six after we come back from the Christmas break. I mean, it's been, look, it's been tough sledding. It's what, three wins in thir- their last 13 games for Anaheim. Um, it, it, it's been tough. Now, look, they're coming off uh, some back-to-back wins. You know, you had the game in Jersey where Adam Henrique gets his first career hat trick. And, you know, nice for him. It's against his former team. I'm sure mm-hmm. that had, had to feel good. And then followed up with a goal in, in the game against Detroit. Uh, you know, that was a game where they were up 4 nothing and then hung on late for a 4-3 win but hey I mean right now it's not how it's how many for Anaheim and fine you know just to get some wins you know it, now it's you know now as we get into the second half of the year it's like okay you know we're, we got again we got to start looking at who's getting moved you know and Henrique uh in the final year of his deal it's still a pricey contract at five eight, and you know, there I would think there's going to have to be some salary retention, and maybe you get a third team involved. But I would just think a guy like Henrique is is, is some is someone that's going to attract attention come the trade deadline. And uh, finally, let's end off in San Jose. Uh, what's happening with Anthony Duclair? What uh, what have we observed lately there? Well, I mean, the interesting thing, everyone we all kind of took notice, or met, you know, those those friends, family, and and us, those in the media that have to cover the Sharks, you know, notice that Duclair was a healthy scratch uh, for their game on the weekend. And, you know, David Quinn said that that was, uh, had a lot to do with a botched assignment on, on um, not getting back onside, uh, and it cost them the tying goal in their game against Arizona. Um, and then he sat the next game. And now he was back in the lineup yesterday against Los Angeles. Um, not, 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 a, not a great game, but look, this is a guy that can, you know, can put the puck in the net and he's on a, a pretty friendly deal. I would just think that, that, you know, there's another name come the deadline that, uh, will attract some attention. 
I know he's been a name that's been tossed around in this market, J.D., just because of his prior association with Jonathan Huberdeau. Um, so that's also yeah. something to keep an eye on. Uh, thank you, pal. Appreciate it. We will uh, talk to you after the holiday break in the NHL. Uh, great stuff, as always, and uh, enjoy the flames in your neck of the woods the next couple of days. I sure will, pal. Have a good one. Thanks, J.D. That is uh, Jonathan Davis. He is our Pacific Division insider. He joins us from NHL Network and NHL Network Radio, and he joins us inside hockey for Calgary Co-op. Let's go local Calgary from best from the West, Canadian produce to quality only Alberta meats. Find your local at Calgary Co-op, shop online or in-store today as we start to wrap up this hour of Flames Talk. Thanks to Wes Gilbertson on Twitter at Wes Gilbertson as always. Uh, we got, uh, that was a pretty busy hour. Jonathan Davis and also Brad Pascal kicking us off, talking Wranglers and setting us up for the Spangler Cup, which gets going a little bit later on this month as well. Taylor and Cam were our producers this hour, and that'll do it for the Sports Drive. Brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. This Christmas, give the gift of security with smart locks and safes. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com.